Welcome to the Don't Get Hurt Twice podcast. I'm Jay Chad Parker, uh, a lawyer, board certified in personal injury trial law. Doing these podcasts to talk to you, uh, the potential client, uh, the person involved in a case uh, about things that uh, occur, uh, things that you'll be curious about, things that'll be unknown to you, uh, in order to give you some information and maybe make you feel more confident uh, and just understand the process that you're in or you might be in uh, at some time in the future. Well, you know, all cases don't go to trial. And, uh, you know, trials are risky and they can be. Uh, and I've talked about that in, in another podcast. But the way cases uh, generally end is that insurance companies agree to make a voluntary payment uh, in exchange for you signing a release and the case is over. It's a compromise, if you will. Uh, you know, nobody forces anybody to do anything. We certainly can't force insurance companies to write a check. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're able to assess risk. Uh, you know, the more information we provide, uh, the more skilled a lawyer is at providing it to them at certain times. Um, it is part of the way uh, I handle the case. I'm sure it's a part of the way that most lawyers try to handle a case. But mediation. What is it? I mean, it's it's a it's a tool. It's it started, um, you know, in the nineties, um, where it was formalized, uh, and mediations uh, quickly became part of the landscape of of a case. And a case started, of course, uh, in litigation when when a plaintiff or somebody filed a lawsuit and the defendant answered that lawsuit. Certain uh, type of discovery written. Uh, deposition, testimony, things of that nature would take place, and the case would, quote, be ready, ready to go to trial. But then, you know, not everybody wanted to try every case, nor was there a need to try every case. Uh, once a certain amount of information was made available, uh, each side was better able to assess what their position was, uh, you know, hone their evaluation, if you will, uh, and maybe make a make a good decision, um, you know, free of emotion uh, with the help of a third party. Now, that third party is called a mediator, and that mediator uh, is a person who's um, supposed to be completely un, you know, unbiased, and they generally are. Uh, they're paid simply to uh, listen to both sides, uh, ask questions, uh, offer advice, uh, try to get people to think of the case differently or, or, or with potential different outcomes. Um, everything that they say uh, is confidential. That means they couldn't be utilized later in order to help get a case settled as a part of a, a strategy of some sort. That wouldn't work. So the mediation uh, is also, it's, it's morphed into a tool of uh, not, not only formally taking place at a certain time in a scheduling order uh, of a case, but it's something oftentimes offered up uh, by insurance companies early in a case, even before a case is filed. They may say, hey, do you have any guys have any interest in uh, mediating this case beforehand? And so that's maybe more informal, but it generally would take place in the same way. There'd be a mediator, there'd be a discussion about the facts, um, and ultimately if a settlement could be reached uh, after some back and forth demands and offers and counter demands, um, the case may be over. And that's good for you. Uh, that's good for, uh, you know, uh, you know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, you didn't risk a trial. You didn't add expenses to your case. Uh, and there was certainty and it was over. Um, now, 
as you can imagine, mediation, as I mentioned, is, is part of a strategy. It's part of a strategy to try to mediate at a time and a place where uh, maybe you know or you suspect the information or the evidence is going to be worse for you later on. I mean, sometimes in trucking cases, for instance, insurance companies will propose an early mediation. Now, this is before any discovery has been done. That is, we don't really know much about their driver. We don't know anything about their documents. Uh, we don't know anything about some of the problems that may be exposed uh, once um, we get into a formal lawsuit being filed and written discovery taking place. And so, you know, you can be suspicious, but there's no reason not to go. Because when you go and you mediate and you know what medical you have, how many medical, how much medical bills, you know what the injuries are, uh, the real injuries. You know what the, you know, the chances of future surgery or otherwise, you know those real chances and the client's well aware of that. But if, if, you, if you come upon a mediation before a lawsuit's been filed and you find yourself with offers that you, would, you think are pretty good, then again, you can take advantage of it. Of course, the insurance company is trying to control risk. That is, they think the case could get dramatically worse for them and they owe quite a bit more money. They may pay you more early to alleviate that risk and be assured that they don't have that risk. And you can benefit from that process as, as long as you're prepared when you go into it. Now, um, mediation's also changed over the last 20 or 25 years. Um, when I first started mediating cases, it was in the uh, early to mid-1990s. Um, I started practicing in 1993. And, you know, mediations uh, started, uh, at least my practice, you know, I, I got some cases and I, you know, started to get a little more experience. And then, you know, that's something a young lawyer eventually gets to go to a mediation and participate as the lawyer in the mediation. That took place for me. And I've probably mediated. I mean, there's no telling how many mediations that I've been in in nearly 30 years, but they've changed. And, and the strategy for them has caused some of that to change. Um, you know, uh, when we first started mediating cases, what would happen was it would be a pure mediation. And it would, um, you know, it relied upon the, the civilness um, and the, you know, the etiquette of officers of the court, that is lawyers. And, and sad to say, you know, that's not always the case nowadays. But back then, you'd have two people. The plaintiff would sit at a table uh, with me or a plaintiff lawyer. The defense lawyer would be there with an insurance company representative, and the mediator would also be there. And, you know, the mediator would generally describe the process that was going to take place that day. Uh, we were going to have separate rooms, the bathrooms down the hall. They were going to bring in lunch, you know, things that you were, uh, you know, they're just giving you information about how your day was going to go. Um, they'd tell you that, you know, they don't have a dog in this fight. Uh, they're going to come back and forth. And at the end of the day, uh, if both sides are unhappy, uh, then that's a good compromise. That's generally what you would hear from every single mediator in some form or fashion. Um, most of the time, they would set the stage by saying, hey, you got good lawyers. Even if, you know, I thought the other lawyer was not very good. It doesn't matter. The mediator's preparing this mediation to be successful. That is building confidence from the very beginning that, hey, you got a good lawyer. He's got a good lawyer. Um, you know, you sh you're going to be unhappy. They're going to be unhappy at the end of the day. And when that happens, 
just know this, that's a good settlement for you. And so that may be true in some circumstances, or it may not be, but that's where trust in what your lawyer has to say comes in. And so in the traditional mediation, there would then be an opening statement. That is, lawyer takes you know a few minutes to, as much as it takes, um, to explain um, how the accident happened, whose fault it was, why that's crystal clear or not, and as a result of that, what has happened uh, to my client, the plaintiff. How were they injured? Uh, they were not injured before this accident. Uh, what has happened to them? How much in medical bills they have? How much in lost wages, if they do, they have? Um, whether or not they'd been stylized, which is a demand has been made within the limits uh, prior to this time, which might expose the insurance company uh, to owing more money than the policy itself. And so all those factors are, are thrown out there. And generally, you know, the plaintiff um, really has no reason uh, to rub any the wrong way, right? I mean, there's no reason to start it off bad. But what happened was over time, um, the oftentimes, it was my experience, um, the defense lawyer and the insurance company uh, would, you know, take this opportunity to try and relay to the pl to the plaintiff that their lawsuit was not any good, uh, they were not going to be successful, uh, and they would uh, maybe overstate and emphasize things that had other explanations and suggested, you know, really the plaintiff may not be acting in good faith. And you can imagine some of these mediations, <clears throat> I mean, they were over before they ever got started. And, and it really... It became counterproductive, and mediators started to understand that, and, and we saw this evolution over time, which is why if you have a mediation in a car wreck case of yours today, uh, chances are there will be no opening statement. Uh, what happens now is the lawyers generally prov provide a mediation position statement or paper uh, beforehand to the mediator outlining the, the important facts and details um, that the mediator needs to know, as well as, you know, what are the policy limits? What were the negotiations when they last stopped? Um, and where are y'all in discovery? And so that's how it happens now. So nowadays, uh, we've evolved even further. After COVID, you know, we've had the, the Zoom and telephone mediations. I mean, I have not been back to an office but for... Uh, Maybe a, one or two mediations. The vast majority of them now are conducted by Zoom, um, and a large portion of those are conducted by simply me talking to the uh, mediator on the telephone, uh, and then in turn relaying that information and talking to my client about what do we want to do next and that type of thing. But the important point is that the mediations still involve uh, the mediator's ability to discuss the case with the person who has authority to settle this case to make a voluntary payment, which is the insurance adjuster. And so that's still taking place. And that's really all that matters. Now, there's some benefits to the way things are currently being done for you. People used to have to take off work, um, you know, for a half-day mediation or a full day. And, you know, the mediation business has evolved to two-hour mediations for most car wreck cases that, you know, there's not a lot of issues other than, hey, what's the case worth? What do you think the jury might return as a verdict for pain and suffering in addition to their medical bills uh, if they award that? And it's just really all about values. 
Um, and, you know, if you're a plaintiff, you need to understand that um, most of the time the defense lawyers have hired their own experts and, and filed affidavits that contest uh, the medical bills that you have as being uh, not reasonable and customary. That is, they're too high. And so that's become a factor as well. Uh, and the case law uh, has also evolved through all of this uh, to the point where uh, defense lawyers don't even need to hire an expert anymore. They can just argue that your bills are too high. Um, and with some of the pricing that we've seen from emergency rooms in the past, then yes, it, it might be easy to argue some of those are too high. Not all of them, but some of them certainly could be uh, said to uh, be higher than one would expect. But all of this shakes out at mediation. And, you know, you got to understand, when you go to mediation, I said before, it's a voluntary payment. It's a one-time voluntary payment for everything to get a release from you, a release for their insurer. That is, you can't sue them for this anymore. This is over and never coming back. And people will sometimes say, I'll say, well, that's a pretty good offer. You know, I think you should seriously consider taking this. And they may say something to me like, well, what about my lost wages? Are they going to pay my lost wages? I'm like, look, you know, you got 1100 in lost wages. They're not breaking this down, okay? They're looking at this like, you know, we're willing to extend X dollars to get rid of this case. You have to contemplate what your risk is to go down there in your county where you live or where this is filed, present it to 12 people that don't know you with the facts you know are going to come out, and the size of your emergency room bill and other bills, wages, uh, whether or not you have really a believable claim that's very strong for pain and suffering, certainly whether uh, there was any evidence of any real impairment. And so, you know, you have to make a decision with your lawyer. And that's what I try to talk to my clients about is like mediation is a good time to resolve a case if the insurance company is being reasonable. And generally they get reasonable because what they're looking at is trial preparation and trial expense uh, for the lawyer through the trial, combined with the risk of an award being larger than what they're willing to pay at the mediation. I mean, you you have some leverage there. Also, they know if the case is tried, then there's prejudgment interest and court costs, which will be tacked onto that number, making it higher. So, um, you know, mediation is a good time to be reasonable. Um, and sometimes, um, you know, insurance companies will make intentionally low offers in the pre-litigation stage to see how many takers they have. People will settle and they'll be gone. Sometimes they'll see who will file suit. Oftentimes I'll file suit, suit and I'll have them served and then they'll call me up, you know, as soon as they're insured is served or I've sent them a courtesy copy and they'll say, hey, they'll, they'll step forward with a new adjuster that's called a, quote, litigation adjuster. That adjuster will say, well, I've looked at this, and this is uh, we've evaluated this a little bit low. Some uh, insurance companies will go to a mediation, uh, especially in in a, in a bad case, to try to identify you know where the floor and the ceiling is. And 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 I've mediated big cases before in which there were up to three mediations that took place. I mean, one that really didn't get anywhere. Uh, two was a pretext for they're trying to do the right thing, but didn't really go to where it was worth. And three, to a number that at least got my client's attention, but I still felt was low. And then ultimately, 
to a trial and right before closing arguments, getting a settlement that uh, I felt like was reasonable. But, you know, uh, the bigger the risk to them, obviously, the more money they'll spend. But mediation is a very efficient tool. Um, You know, your lawyer uh, should uh, look for opportunities to mediate a case. Um, Sometimes defense lawyers are instructed by insurance companies to try to schedule a mediation. Other times, defense lawyers are the greatest impediment to mediation. That is, if they're billing, a mediation means that that case, that file is over with. And so they don't seem as eager uh, to get to a mediation. They certainly don't uh, report the case uh, sometimes in such a way that's favorable to settlement. I've, I've, I've found that's more a firm philosophy um, uh, as a practice uh, than it is anything. Like, you know, there's a lot of lawyers who I deal with in a volume practice where, you know, um, a closed file is a good file. There's some firms, you know, that uh, they don't want to turn loose of that file until every, uh, every bit of, you know, meat's been skimmed off that bone, so to speak. But anyway, um, I like mediations. I mean, I think mediation is good because it, it's, it's informal. Um, it's, a, it's a time to talk with the third person. That is the mediator, somebody who's generally skilled and has some knowledge in the field of personal injury trial law. And, you know, they can bring you back to earth. That is, uh, Chad, you know, I don't think that's is quite as good as you think it is. Or, more importantly, Oftentimes, the mediator can talk with my client. Uh, my client, if they don't think that I've got my heart in it, which I, I say is never true, but and, and for some reason they just don't believe me on the value, sometimes it's helpful if another lawyer, uh, combined with the offers that you're seeing from the other room, um, suggest uh, that maybe there's a, an opportunity for a reasonable settlement here. Uh, mediation is one of the most confusing things. Uh, for most of my clients, they hear about it. They don't know what it means. They don't know how it's going to play out. Uh, And that's the reason why uh, I talked about that today. At the end of the day, mediation is a tool. It's a tool that I I use for my clients. It's a tool that I will use at different stages uh, when it's most advantageous to you. Um, Don't ever think, hey, why are we mediating here or why are we not mediating till later? Usually, The case has set itself up that way, and it's most advantageous for you. At least that's the way I handle it with my clients. Um, Today, I hope it's been informative. I hope if you ever are participating in a case and mediation comes up that you're comfortable with what's about to happen and how me or another lawyer might use it. If if I'm right, uh, then I was helpful again in, in helping you not to get hurt twice.